You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the podcast where we dig deep into the shows we see on Broadway. But this week, we won't be discussing a show, but we would rather discuss our trip to the Museum of Broadway, which is now open in New York City. I'm Jeff, a music industry producer and manager. And I'm Richie, a theater director and producer. Let's dive into the Museum of Broadway. Half hour. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. I just wanted to give you all a little quick overview on this museum. As you know, we are not discussing a show today. We're discussing a trip to the Museum of Broadway. So some of you have been, some of you have not. There will be spoilers on this. Um, I know some people really like to not be spoiled when they go to a museum. So I'm just letting you know you have been warned. We're going to tell you everything about the museum. So you might either want to go uh, or if you've already gone, hopefully you'll enjoy our conversation. Uh, the Museum of Broadway is founded by entrepreneur and two-time Tony Award-winning producer Julie Boardman and founder of award-winning experimental agency Rubik Marketing, Diane Nicoletti. This one-of-a-kind museum is an immersive and interactive theatrical experience devoted to musicals, plays, and the people who create them. Featuring the work of dozens of designers, artists, and theater historians, this one-of-a-kind museum takes visitors on a journey along the timeline of Broadway from its birth to the present day, where the past, present, and future of Broadway come together like never before. And I just want to say this is located... In Midtown, I believe it's 45th Street, and it's right next to the Lyceum Theater. It's right literally in the heart of Times Square uh, if you're looking for something to do on a rainy day, or maybe you're looking at something to do in between shows or before a show. This is a really, really great couple hours to spend in Midtown, for sure. So let's go a little bit into this, Jeff, and talk just about what did we like about the design, the flow. There was a whole flow to this museum that was not like your typical, well, here's a map kind of walking around wherever you want. Mm -hmm. Like when we go to the the MoMA or the Met or something and you kind of just say, you know, go wherever, you know, this is very different, right? So what did you kind of think of the whole design and flow? Well, okay, before I do that, I did want to ask you a question because I feel like this leads into the design and flow first, but... Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just hit my mic. But um, when you think of a museum, and I feel like I haven't been to enough museums in my life, but when you think of a, a museum, what do you feel like you want to expect from it? I think that's a great way to start yeah, this Yeah, that is a great way. I want to learn something, and mm-hmm. I want to experience a specific thing that is there. So if I'm going to the Louvre and I'm going to go see the famous Mona Lisa... I know that I'm going to go see the Mona Lisa, but there's a million other things to see there too, right? So Mm -hmm. I feel like when we went to the Art Institute of Chicago, we saw Sunday in the Park with George. Like you're going to see that, but I – do you remember some of the other amazing art pieces we experienced? Oh, yeah. I think it's about going to see something specific and also learning new things and immersing yourself and kind of just – reading things, looking at artifacts, and kind of getting in touch with a specific genre of that museum. Right. And kind of when you go to a museum, most of them have like an exhibit, right? So you'll you'll be in the Andy Warhol exhibit or you're in the Van Gogh exhibit. And like, it's not spread out everywhere. Usually you have those specific parts. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I wanted to kind of lead into that with this because I, I wanted to touch on how this museum was designed for Broadway, for the Broadway musicals, the plays, the history of it, and then kind of move into that. 
For sure. Um, so, and I feel so, like when you start at the beginning of this, you're starting with this, you walk in and there's this like big gift shop, right? <laughs> Which like- I know, it's that, so funny. You start in the gift shop. <laughs> yeah, usually you end in the gift shop. But it, but for that to be their storefront and what you see from the street and to get tourists to come in and buy tickets and then buy things, it makes complete sense to have a gift shop in New York, like down in the front and center, you know? Oh yeah, and highlighting the shows that are on Broadway right now and letting them sell merchandise there is totally like, I get it. Um, and where else are you going to put that? New York City small. So they, you know, mm-hmm. they found this nice venue to do that. But mm-hmm. in terms of flow, I like how they bring us in and it's like, um, we're going up the stairs and we're learning about like what it's like to get into the Broadway theater. And then like, we kind of get to the, to the first exhibit and, oh, well, first we watch a film and they kind well- of tell us. And before that, even let's talk about that staircase walk up. I think that was really cool to walk up. I didn't even feel like you were walking up multiple flights of stairs because we kind of took our time and you were seeing actual behind the scene photos of people getting into hair and makeup and you're hearing audio of like warming up vocals, dance warm ups and, and places call and all this stuff and and just immersing yourself into that was very, very smart. I thought that was a smart way. It was clear that we were going to start at the top of this building and work our way down. So what goes up must come down. So we got to get up there. And yes, there was an elevator option as well, mm-hmm. but the stairs was very cool. And even before we got to that museum, there was the room of every f- playbill of every show currently running at that time. So you saw what theaters were vacant, what theaters had something in it. And it was like a holding room before we went to watch the film. So those things I thought were very cool. And it's funny with the holding room because you're looking around and you're like, oh my God, there's so many shows here, like so many theaters that are empty right now, but we already know everything that's coming. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like frightening in a way you're like, oh man, so much is coming. It's going to be another packed season with shows. But I like what they kind of did to bring you in first with watching this film. And kind of giving you the history of how, like, theater was really starting and how really theater started downtown first, then slowly trickled its way up to Broadway. I thought that was great because I didn't know that. Yeah, it totally makes sense that when um, immigrants were coming here or Lower Manhattan was a really diverse and concentrated area of people. And Mm -hmm. so theater, there are some small theaters still downtown that are still like around and there is still a theater scene downtown. So, but then it was like, of course, big, big buildings were going to be built as you moved North and Mm -hmm. the theater investors and and entrepreneurs and builders were going to find they kind of, you know, they say they skipped over Union Square. They skipped over Herald Square. They kind of bopped up to Times Square. And then, yeah. you know, Times Square is what it is because of the theater district, I think. And, and yeah. 441 Broadway theaters. But there was hundred. There was so many Broadway theaters. They even mentioned when the Marquee Theater was being built, four Broadway houses had to go away for one. And that's what started the movement of saving these theaters. So why in the last like 30 years have we really never seen a theater like go away or get torn down? Because they're, a lot of them are either historic landmarks or they have to stay there. Uh, there are architectural gorgeous buildings and they stay. And yeah, we, we renovate them like the Palace Theater. We definitely renovate and add. But it's nice to see the theater district with 41 houses still staying strong and still putting houses there. And so, yes, that film about five minutes was very important to learn how we got to the beginning of Broadway and everything yeah. leading up to it. Such an immersive and amazing film to watch. Well, it's also interesting to know, like, there are still other theaters like still around that potentially could go back into the Broadway scene. 
um, like recently, when did the Hudson just come back into yeah. the Broadway scene? You know, that was gone for a while, mm-hmm. and now it's like back in the here. So you you never know if they're gonna pop up. Yeah. But I I liked the flow and how we kind of moved into these exhibits and the kind of start of the history of Broadway, like where influences came in from immigrants into the Broadway scene and kind of just taking you around there and like looking and saying, Oh, you know, here are the, the, the theater owners and here are the theater creators that kind of took over and kind of paved that way into what the first exhibit was, which was follies. So and the Zigfield, the, Oh, the Zigfield follies, the not Zigfield to be confused follies, with the musical follies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yes. And so, yeah, there was that little bit of history. There was photos. There was some artifacts of theater pre the follies. So if, for those of you, you know, I love my theater history, my Broadway history, the Zigfield follies, really was a big start to commercial mainstream musical theater as we know it today. We do know that shows like Porgy and Bess, Showboat in Oklahoma were the main start of the musical theater art form as we know it today with a book and a music song combination. This the Follies was a song and dance review show in Ziegfeld. I mean, that was a huge, huge, huge thing. And so to see some of those actual gowns, to be submersed into that, with the music playing and let's talk about that for a second every exhibit well as we go through this had music playing from that time or those shows yeah. so you know when you're in a museum an art museum usually it's quiet so it was nice right. to hear the audio pumped through i thought that was really cool it was really now, cool I, my question to you on this was how did you feel the more immersive style of museum kind of presents versus your traditional museum for this, I loved it because we're talking about productions and shows. So when you're providing actual costumes and scenery and lighting and put yourself in it, like have fun with it. I think, first of all, I will say, is there a risk for things to be touched, broken, damaged? Yeah, of course. And so while we were walking through some of this, I was like, oh, how do they like monitor keeping these things safe? Um, but there was so much staff everywhere. And I was yeah. really impressed with the Museum of Broadway staff. Shout out to the, all those staff members who are in, in the exhibits with you, taking your photos or answering your questions or guiding you along. That was really impressive to me. But yeah, I liked how some things weren't immersive and I could just read on the wall. And then some things like super immersive like follies there was the nightstand there or the um the dressing stand and then there was also like oklahoma with all the corn and you could walk through and see like wow this is like being in the scenery i think there's kind of like a happy collaboration of multiple things going on that touches like certain areas for like everyone i do i think there could have been a little bit more history in there Mm. that you could learn more yes but i don't know if that's really necessarily about fully what this museum is about and i do think where it's located it brings in more of a tourist element so because of that i not to say that tourists don't care but i don't know if that's necessarily what they want they want more of that you know, behind the scenes, like Warner Brothers studio style museum that you're walking and we through. Ne- and we've never had that in New York. We've never really mm-hmm. had a museum like this. We've had pop-up showcases of things, of Broadway artifacts. But yeah, there's definitely something here where it's like, if I went to this museum at one o'clock on a Tuesday, I could probably spend three hours walking and reading every single thing. We went on a weekend. It was a little like, come take your picture. Oh, wait, this group's coming in. Like, let's go into the next room now. And I didn't feel rushed at all by any means, but there was a little bit more of a tourist audience because we were there on a weekend. So, but I, I think it was, it's very smart to move us through exhibits in chronological order of history mm-hmm. of Broadway. 
We'll be right back. Welcome back. I think that's really smart. And you're seeing photos, props, scenery, uh, costumes, artifacts with the music playing, actual script writing of song and lyric photos. Uh, yeah. I, I thought that was really impressive. And they made sure that in some of the exhibits of like, oh, 1940 to 1950, they were, if you looked at the big sheets on the wall, they were putting photos and and names of plays of yeah. important historical shows that were hitting landmark moments. So you had to kind of look for that because the big splashy things were company, hair, uh, rent, I'm going out of order, but you know, um, showboat, Oklahoma, the whiz, the whiz was awesome. Cabaret. So you, you did see the big splashy things. You had to kind of look for the less splashy things, which has its pros and cons, but. Right. So for us, like inspiration for us as creators in this space, I think looking at things on a deeper level, you really had to want to do it. And sometimes we would get to certain productions and it would be like, oh, look, there's that original Broadway cast photo or like there's a performance photo. And what I kind of feel like I wanted a little bit more from that was maybe like, was it opening night? Was it something in a dress rehearsal? Who was actually in the photo? You know, because some of them it just would say like, the producer's photo, um cast and you like don't know like what's the number that they're doing yes who's the lead singer in this and like that's kind of things like if we're looking at a museum i would want to say like oh shouldn't that be there yeah and some did but some did not yeah and that's why and then and and then i was you know i do feel like this was a good representation overall of all communities on broadway i thought there was there was you're going through the history and as you're seeing and it really educates you like oh Broadway was something very different in the golden age than it is now. Mm-hmm. And the representation of of black artists, of people of color, of the LGBTQIA plus community and plays and musicals that represent them was growing as you literally walked the museum till you got to certain points and you were seeing, oh yeah. And then you were seeing how the cultural landscape changed and and shows some shows got bigger, some shows got darker, some shows yeah. got funnier. Uh, and and then, but then there are those few moments every time you turn a corner, like let's take a picture at the producer's desk, <laughs> let's take a picture on the swing from hair, the company, the little set pieces of company were great. Um, yeah, there was the Rent and Lion King at the end; those were great. There was some nice moments throughout. So yeah, I did, think they did a nice job with that. One thing I wanted to kind of talk about, like, do you feel like there was a show that should have been highlighted? bigger in the museum and something maybe that shouldn't have been. (laughs) Um, I feel like in general, I feel like a lot of things were represented. I do feel like to me, it's more of a, okay. So like, for example, August Wilson is like a huge playwright. I didn't see like a lot of those plays represented. Uh, there were some Tony Award winning shows that were like not even really barely met that literally won Tony Awards. So like, listen, I know you can't get to everything, but it to me, it was just some certain things. Um, yeah. I found plays in general were just underrepresented. And I know that this is a, mu- this is a museum of Broadway. This wasn't a museum of musicals. This is a museum of Broadway and so much of Broadway is plays. So plays seem to kind of just be hidden in moments. I thought there could have been like a, let's talk about the play. And, and yeah. there, you know, I thought there was just more, there could have been a little bit more of plays. Um, and then, and then just, um, 
some underdog shows. I think they were, like I said, I don't think there was a, and maybe someone could comment and correct me if there was something completely absent. I didn't think that there was anything completely absent, but definitely things were highlighted more than others. Also, at the very, very end, the showcase feature room is Chicago right now um, for the 25th anniversary, I believe. And there was like, and that's cool and that's great and that's awesome. But like, it's there for a long time. I'm like, okay, what can this showcase room be next now? Let's, you know, Black History Month's coming up. Can we have that whole room be about like Black History of Theater maybe? Can we talk about in Pride Month? Can that room be all about like LGBT? LGBTQ representation and plays and musical. Like, let's think about that final room a little bit more. Of just, Chicago's great. Like, I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's an amazing show. But if it's going to sit there for months, I know the Al Hirschfeld well, exhibit like, was there first. But well, I feel like there should be something a little bit more. Like, I don't know if that needs to showcase a show. We're we're going through this whole museum and we're seeing shows showcased the whole time. Why are we getting to the end and it's like a special showcase? Like, Chicago should just be in the museum in the anyway. Museum. <clears throat> Why is this not representing more of a specific thing, a specific artist or director Mm -hmm. or something like that, which is like why I kind of started this conversation the way we did to begin with. Because when you go to a museum, normally you're looking at specific exhibits that are highlighting specific people. So they do have that throughout the theater where it's like highlighting Stephen Sondheim or it's like the Gershwins. And it's like, okay, that's great. But that's kind of what I feel like that last exhibit should be like. What was their mark in the Broadway space and what was everything that they have done? You know, and maybe that's something that's coming. Maybe, you know. They have ideas, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. But, like, how much more powerful would that have exhibit been if it was just, like, a Fosse exhibit at the end? And it's highlighting Chicago. It's highlighting um, Sweet Charity. It's highlighting dancing. You know, that's the kind of thing. And it's highlighting around that. You know, or or who's like um, someone big now that you would want to see in there? Like, well, they they definitely have like the Andrew Lloyd Webber moment in the museum, the Hal Prince moment. They definitely highlight some of those people in moments throughout the museum. But I'm looking at it from a perspective of like, does it like Tommy Toon, who has a million Tony Awards, like do a whole thing like Audrey McDonald has so many. Wouldn't it be like awesome if there was a month where like it was about Audrey McDonald and we learned about every single Tony she won in every yeah, show that's what she I'm did? Talking about. Like, like let's specialize something like that. Like let's go there. Um, you know, let's uh, or just maybe talk about like. I, I like to think more about cultures. Like, what is the Asian representation on Broadway? Let's kind of show yeah. the journey of that. Like, I, I, I'm I'm talking a little bit more like, and then and, and maybe do. I know it's expensive to load in and load out. You can't do a million of them a year, but just things like that. I would like that last room to kind of be something of that, and that would get me as a theater goer and an artist to be like, oh, I got to go back to the Museum of Broadway because they have this amazing exhibit on blank. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, how cool kind of would it be for people to learn about? musicals that flopped like a flop exhibit and like what's considered a flop on broadway Mm. so many people don't even know what that means so you know and could someone like you and i walk in there and we're so inspired by like oh wow that show flopped that show flopped and then like hey maybe it's on broadway next year (laughs) another example is when we went to the the disney family museum in san francisco in june there was a special exhibit in another building about disney cats and dogs animation what got us to go there was, oh, there's so many animated dogs and cats in so many Disney films. And yeah. the whole exhibit room was about just the dogs and the cats in every Disney. Like, like that's a very specific thing, but it got us to go. So I'm thinking, like, 
Oh, here's an example. Animals. How many times have animals been used on Broadway? Let's talk about that journey of like, how many times have we seen literal live animals on Broadway shows? Like, that's a cool idea for an exhibit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the museum of Broadway will hire me and I'll do their special. Now we're, yeah, now we're just going into like uh, that. I, speaking of Disney, that whole last exhibit could just be a special exhibit on Disney one day, because as much as Disney was represented, I think there's so much more that Disney has had on Broadway mm-hmm, that wasn't there, mm-hmm, you know, and that's yeah. like such a game changer in this industry of what the Broadway, on um, what Broadway is today. And and another thing that I found missing in this a little bit was there was an I, I exhibit of the public theater. And I think that's an amazing theater that mm-hmm. has really pushed forward a lot of big Broadway shows, but could we have a, an, I know this is the museum of Broadway and not the museum of New York entertainment in general, but <laughs> when you have Lincoln center with ballet, opera and live music, when you have uh, off Broadway, off, off Broadway and so many other p- types of plays and musicals and entertainment, couldn't it be cool to talk a little bit about what the world is like outside of Broadway? So many times it's like Broadway, 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 but there's so much theater and opera and singing and dancing and live entertainment, all maybe a small little exhibit on like off Broadway or outside of Broadway. This is else what's going on in New York or regional theater and how important regional theater gets shows to Broadway because people rely on the regional theater space to develop a work. We'll be right back. Let's jump back into things. So I know that at the very end of the exhibit, they have that, like, this is how you get the show to Broadway. But I thought it would have been cool if there was a moment where they talked about how important regional off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway support is to getting to Broadway. That could have been a little moment. And that's, like, another thing that 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 final exhibit can be, like, a whole off-Broadway section at some time. I would totally love to go and see something Mm -hmm. like that. And I guess that's kind of my call out for this too, is like so many of the major things that were highlighted in in the museum, it's like we know that already. And to me, that's like only just touching the surface, but I'm very intrigued to see like what's going to happen throughout this museum, because it's no way going to be able to just stay this way forever. And they if can you're going to want people to keep coming back and, the, and seeing new things. There's also the um, the memoriam to the AIDS victims. And yeah, let's talk that about was, that. Because I wanted I, to talk about that room for sure. I, I wanted to talk about a couple of things like what did we really love that they did so, in the, the museum and i think that that was one thing that i just loved love you know what loved. i really loved about it there's a lot of things i loved about it first of all it really caught me off guard mm-hmm. i turned the corner and i like almost choked up i was like oh my gosh oof and like i didn't feel comfortable taking photos in there i didn't i there was a bench to sit on and you could reflect I'm so happy that wasn't a room that was thrown at the end or thrown in the beginning or just in the corner of the gift shop. It was in. And it was right when it was happening in the history of Broadway. And to see Mm -hmm. all these names of people who passed and then to see the quilt, the Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS quilt. I just took a moment. I don't even think you and I talked to each other for like two minutes in there. We were just kind of just standing there and saying, wow, yeah, this did really impact the Broadway community. And so many lives were lost. There was a quote on the wall from someone that said, you'd show up to rehearsal. And then a couple weeks later into the rehearsal process of the run, you'd realize some people from the show literally died throughout the process because of HIV AIDS. And so I just thought that was an amazingly impactful room. It's extremely important. And I'm grateful that they included it in there. Yeah. It's always so important too, like that, how a major Broadway cares is and how, even when you're looking at that quilt up on that wall and you remember back to those days when those quilts were such a major thing, it was happening during that time. And to see all of the theater organizations, the shows, 
that came together and put that together. It was just so impactful and it's still happening today. So it's like, it's so important. And uh, a fun fact, a portion of each ticket sold to the museum of Broadway benefits the nonprofit Broadway cares equity fights age organization. They, they give a a donation for every ticket to the museum, which is is really, really amazing. Um, And then that kind of led also right into the whole room of rent. And it was like, just perfect timing and it's like in the 90s and like rent was such a major thing and we were just you know one thing i will say so like we get to rent and rent is great it has this huge exhibit it was such a game changer in the broadway space but after kind of like what would you say after 1999 maybe in the 2000s they kind of just went like this with the museum put put it all in the corner (laughs) i know it was like from 2000 and one to 2022 and then it says like oh we have room for more i'm like they did kind of i i don't know they kind of ended actually with the producers yeah yeah because the producers was a huge show of its time and then i wonder like there there's we're in the living and breathing part of broadway i think they'll if you jump 10 or 20 years ahead there's going to be a whole room or exhibit on immersive broadway because what are we seeing right now immersion 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 standing in the standing and moving and i think that's going to be a whole movement of the broadway space of the 2000s well what i will say actually how they ended this um museum with the whole behind the scenes floor and like teaching you how to create a musical and showing uh, where they did highlight the stuff that is on Broadway and what was on Broadway recently was I loved seeing the models of the stages. You know, when you see things like Wicked and you see the behind the scenes on like what's going into that theater, also how big that theater is, is so crazy. The wing space, the fly space. The Gershwin Theater where Wicked is, yeah. 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 Just being able to see that and you're like, wow, this is so cool. And you see them like getting the little model people and you see them like getting ready and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they have all of those throughout the space downstairs. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. That was a very, very cool thing at the end. I totally agree with that. And just learning about lighting, scenery, sound, costumes, the production, and that whole room of learning what it's going on mind stage. You know how many people go to Broadway shows and don't even realize that's what's going on backstage? So important to have a whole room dedicated to that. There's so much story to some things like that. And I feel like that's why we love our podcast so much, because we bring so much of that in to what we talk about. You know, like we had a friend that saw six recently and like my some of my questions to her would be like did you know that this started as like a college thesis for someone and now it's a broadway stage she probably will be like mind blown but like (laughs) there's so much history when you see uh when you see a museum like this and like that's the kind of stuff like you know how did oklahoma start you know where did it come from Mm -hmm. what was the idea that happened there and you know i think and, yeah, and just a few, cool. as we're getting ready to wrap up, a few uh, things that stood out to me for sure. I, I think there was just some like amazing artifacts in general, but like Patty Lapone's wig from Evita, like yes, like the Annie <laughs> dress, like how cute. The Annie then, corner. Yeah, there was like a little Annie corner. Also, there was a map that showed you where all the current tours were in the United States. I thought that was so cool because that's a whole part of Broadway too, is the tours mm-hmm. that go out. And then. I, at the very end, I said, oh, I have to go use the restroom. And I opened the restroom door and there's the Urine Town exhibit in the restroom. <laughs> and I said, okay, someone's really thinking here. And that's really smart. Okay. And I'm like looking around on the walls reading about Urine Town, which was a big show actually for its time. And, and it was just in the bathroom. Like, yes. Like that was so funny to me. Um, and, and, and the whole, and the whole, uh, the whole thing was bookended with 
the whole museum started with let's start at the very beginning, you know, Sound of Music quote, a very good place to start. And then it ended with so long, farewell, uh, mu- uh, Sound of Music yeah. quote. So like book ended nicely that way. Um, the whole thing is wonderful. I want to see more things. I want to see how it grows. I hope it stays around for a long time. People go support it and check of it course. out. It's really for the native New Yorker and for the tourists. I think it's for everyone. It definitely is for everyone. It's definitely something like if you're coming to New York City and you're going to Broadway, you should definitely check this out. It's totally, it's perfect. Totally. You know, so. so. Oh my gosh, uh, that flew by. We're out of time. We're talking about, we didn't even talk about a show today yet. We talked about all the shows, you know, so. All of the shows, which that, is so funny because we were walking up the stairs in the beginning and I remember this and I hear half hour to places, half hour. And I'm like our whole Richie. thing. And then we're leaving and you heard it. And I was like, oh. We didn't get a recording of that, but that was great. We didn't. We tried, but Mm -hmm. they didn't say it enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that does wrap up our discussion for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed our trip to the Museum of Broadway. And remember, we want to hear from you. So continue the conversation with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. And let us know your thoughts on the Museum of Broadway and any other Broadway experiences you'd like us to check out. If you enjoyed our show today, please leave a review. Your feedback helps us bring more Broadway to you. And remember, you can listen to past episodes and please stay tuned for more upcoming ones. We have some big shows coming this fall to talk about. It's all Mm -hmm. on the way to you. All those announcements, too, that started for the spring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's coming. (laughs) Well, until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.